Ladies and gentlemen, it's my privilege to introduce to you our speaker, the author of A City Divided, Professor David Harris. Outstanding. Good evening. Thank you very much for being here tonight. There was, 10 years ago, almost to the day, in Homewood, an incident, one incident. But there are two stories about that incident. Two stories. Here is the police story. Three plainclothes anti-crime officers from the Pittsburgh Police Department in an unmarked car, David Sisak, Richard Ewing, and Michael Saldute. They were looking for guns and drugs in Homewood. That was their job. It was a high crime area, and that's what they were doing. And while they were doing that, they saw a male figure lurking next to a house. They went down the block in their car, turned back, and by the time they got back to that spot, the man had come out and was entering the street. They identified, they got out of the car, they identified themselves as police officers and began to question the man. He started to answer those questions and right away, the officers thought they knew, they saw the telltale signs that this man was armed. He had a gun. His coat was sagging down in a peculiar, particular way. He was cradling that object and they knew he was armed. Um, the man stopped answering their questions, backed away, and began to run. But almost instantly, he fell down on the ice. The officers tackled him right away. Uh, and they got into a furious struggle, a furious fight with him, uh, and tried to subdue him the best they could. They feared that this young man that they saw had a gun, and when they were, had him on the ground and they tried to get his arm and he pulled the arm away and it went toward that pocket, they thought, he's going for the gun. One of them said that. He's going for it. But then one of the other officers hit the man in the head with several heavy blows. And that stopped him. He stopped. They got the handcuffs on him. They searched him afterwards. They found no gun in that pocket, no gun anywhere. They found a bottle of Mountain Dew soda in the pocket. One of the officers suffered an injury to his knee in that fight. They charged the man with two felony counts of assault and other crimes. This is Jordan Miles' story. That night, Jordan Miles left his mother's house on Tioga Street in Homewood to walk around the block to his grandmother's house where he had his bedroom. He did this every single night. That's where he stayed. 
And as he walked, he was in the street because the sidewalks were too icy. As he walked down the street, a car from far down the block came rolling right up on him so close that he had to jump back. And all at once, three very large men in plain clothes, no markings on them, without any introduction, began to yell at him, where's your gun? Where's your money? Where are the drugs? Jordan was terrified. He knew that the neighborhood that he lived in had crime in it, sometimes violent crime. Uh, and he was thinking he was about to be robbed, maybe harmed in some really bad way. So what did he do? He ran. He turned around, tried to run, but he slipped and fell face down on the ice. And the men were on him immediately. They beat him. The beating started and didn't let up. He tried to get his face out of the snow so he could breathe. And then, blows to the head, and he went limp. He said to himself, I thought it was my time to die. And that, with that, he was put in handcuffs. And minutes later, just lying there, a police wagon rolled up. He thought one of the neighbors had called the police finally, and then the two men in uniform got out of the police wagon and started talking to those other men. That was the first he realized that the men who had beaten him were police. These are two stories, and they're obviously very different in some critical ways. Um, but you'll be able I think, to decide for yourself what you think about that. What exactly was it that started this cascade of events? Anyone who reads the book, it's all there. All the facts, everything that was possible to dig out is there, and you'll be able to decide what you think happened in those moments. Uh, the book really does, I think, lay it out. But what we should notice, I think, is not just what happened, but why, right? What we should notice, in fact, is not so much, or not only where the stories diverge, but where they overlap, because mostly, actually, they're the same. They're not that different in some very important respects. Whatever initially set this confrontation off, um, the, what we do know for sure is that the police officers encountered this young man, he decided to run at some point, and they ended up in a struggle. This young man, who was 150 pounds and about five, six, or seven, and three large, well-trained Pittsburgh police officers. Someone could have died. It could have been the young man. The officers feared it could have been them. All of this, this overlap in the stories allows us to ask that second question, not just what happened, but why did it happen? And if we can get to why it happened, maybe we have a shot at preventing these kinds of things from happening again and again and again so often every night in this country all over the place. We can also ask, did the legal process help? Because we're going to follow this story absolutely all the way through. To hear the complete episode and unlock more exclusive content, become a Criminal Injustice member at patreon.com slash criminal injustice.